Hello, and welcome to the Design for Greatness podcast, conversations with Candice to help you elevate your mind, body, and spirit, and own your divine greatness. Today you have episode two, Amazing Grace. Has anyone ever tried to shame you into changing your behavior? Have you ever used shame as a strategy on yourself to elicit change? Can you think of a time where you were shamed? Did it work? What were the consequences of the shaming? In this episode, I will dive into these questions and present you with a powerful, dare I say, magical alternative to shame for motivating ourselves and others to change. Amazing grace. In my University of Utah college days, I used to work at the old spaghetti factory as a waitress. One dreary day, in my frenzied rush to quickly change and be to work on time, I forgot to switch out of my white socks. Driving to work, I realized my mistake. Next to the required black shoes and black pants, my white socks were definitely a blaring fashion faux pas. I was embarrassed for sure, but hoped no one would notice. I pulled my pants down as low as they would go and called it good enough. Well, my manager noticed, and she was not a bit happy. She called me out and made fun of me in front of the entire staff. She made a spectacle out of me, even making me put black electrical tape over the places where my white socks might poke out. She and many of my coworkers continued to make jokes at my expense the entire shift. She used this minor mess up to make an example out of me. Well, it worked, in a way. I guarantee no one ever forgot to wear black socks after my public shaming. But the success of using shame to elicit a change comes at a cost, every time. The cost of using shame to motivate is destroyed relationships. After the incident of the glaring white socks, it became clear to me the spaghetti factory was a place full of critical judgment where it was not safe to be anything but perfect. The feeling of shame came from thoughts such as, I look stupid. I am a total idiot. I feel like such a loser. My only value here is to be the butt of a joke. The feeling of shame made me want to hide. As a result of the public shaming, I felt unappreciated and unwanted. My relationships there disintegrated under the poison of shame, and I quickly looked for a new job. In your experiences of being shamed in order to change your behavior, did it actually work? What was the consequence of the shaming on your relationships? Have you ever tried using the shaming tactic on others to elicit the behaviors that you expect? I hate to admit it, but I have unintentionally fallen into shaming my kids for many things. In the past, I have made fun of them for picking their nose, farting, burping, for wearing the same outfit two days in a row, for failing to cut their nails, not combing their hair, for forgetting to shower, for not turning their homework in on time, for spilling, and the list goes on. Now, of course, it is my job as their mother to teach hygiene and couth, but not at the expense of my relationship with my kids, right? There is a better way. Have you ever tried shaming yourself into a change? One of my friends recently told me about a picture she saw of herself when her mother texted it to the entire family. The picture was taken at a very unforgiving angle and in my friend's words, it made her look like a huge heifer. 
she was mortified to have that picture out there. This one picture caused such shame and complete devastation because of her knee-jerk thoughts when she looked at it. Thoughts like, is that what I really look like? That seriously can't be me. I'm a disgrace. How could I let myself go? I am hideous. She was incredulous and embarrassed because when she received the picture, at first she couldn't even find herself. And then once she did, she didn't even recognize the woman in the picture. My sweet friend decided that some extreme behavioral changes were long overdue. My heart hurt for her as she told me, now that I have this picture, all I need to do is look at it and focus on all the crap it brings up for me. I think I finally feel bad enough about myself and what I truly look like that this just might give me the extra motivation I need to actually finally change. Have you ever felt for this thought trap, believing that you can shame yourself into a change that you desire? If you just beat yourself up enough, you'll finally have the discipline necessary to change. The reason my friend's attitude about this picture broke my heart is because I know firsthand what the repercussions are for shaming myself into change. It is absolutely devastating on so many levels, and it never works. This is why I created my body love program. Hating on ourselves in order to change never works. It only ruins the most important earthly relationship we have, the one with ourself. And when our relationship with ourself sucks, every other relationship in our life suffers. My friend's experience struck a deep chord with me because I've experienced the exact same thing with pictures of myself. Have you? Have you ever had a picture send you into total shock and devastation because of how you looked in it? Before I learned how to manage my thoughts and become the boss of my brain, seeing a picture like this would put me in an absolute tailspin every time. The downward spiral of shame and embarrassment undoubtedly would lead to depression and ultimately result in me hating myself. Watching my friends struggle through this shame motivation tactic is heart-wrenching because I know the trajectory of what shame does to the relationship that we have with ourself. I've experienced it over and over again, and it is scary. In the spring of 2019, the self-disgust I felt over the way I looked and the devastating depression that ensued reached an all-time low. I would tell myself, Candace, you're a physical therapist for heaven's sakes. Of all people, you should be able to figure this out. But I absolutely couldn't. Nothing I did to lose weight and achieve my perfect body ever worked. With each elevated yo-yo of the scale, my worth tanked lower and lower. I abhorred the way my body looked and thought if I just ripped myself apart enough, I would definitely change. Nope. I only got more and more depressed. An incontrovertible universal truth is that which we focus on expands. Focusing on the ways my body wasn't like the ideal only brought out more to hate and intensified disapproval of myself. When I looked in the mirror, all I saw was fat, folds, bulges, cottage cheese, and gross problems. I layered failure on top of failure in a horrible, critical way, leaving me utterly disappointed in myself believing wholeheartedly I had become a worthless loser and my body was the cold hard evidence, embarrassingly there for all to see. I just wanted to hide. The things I made the number on the scale mean about who I am and my value to this world were ridiculous lies, but I fell for them, hook, line, and sinker. 
just as I saw my friend doing with this picture that her mom sent the family. One thing I hope you glean from my story is this. You can never hate yourself into any change. The truth is you can only white knuckle it for so long. Gritting your teeth in order to attain self-discipline is not sustainable. Beating yourself into submission will never give you the long-term motivation necessary for impactful lifestyle changes and genuine transformation. The reality is ripping yourself apart in order to change destroys your most important human relationship, your relationship with yourself. It nurtures the belief that you are flawed, that you are unworthy of love and belonging unless you achieve a certain result. Once your self-belief and confidence is in the toilet, this negative self-concept colors the way you see everything in your life. Not only does shame destroy your relationship with you, but every other relationship in your life continues to suffer as well. Engaging in negative self-talk results in shame, and shame is not the answer. So what is the answer? How do we effectively motivate the change we so desire in ourselves and for others? To answer this question, I want you to consider the story of Les Miserables. Do you remember when Jean Valjean was caught by the police, red-handed, while he was running away with the gold candlesticks and silverware that he had stolen from the kind priest that had taken him in for the night? If you recall, Jean Valjean had been imprisoned for years just for stealing a loaf of bread for his starving sister to eat. Prison was torture, with horrendous living conditions and hard labor. Jean Valjean was given a number instead of a name, and he was forced with beatings into a life of slave labor until his sentence was up. Once out of prison, no one would hire him because he was an ex-prisoner. Again, he found himself starving and destitute without means to survive. When the kind priest showed him some mercy by taking him in for the night, Jean Valjean reverted to stealing the candlesticks and the silverware. Now, faced with the exact crime that landed him in prison the first time, the priest shows up, running to the scene, bringing Jean Valjean a few more items to take, claiming Jean Valjean did not steal but actually was given these things. Knowing full well Jean Valjean deserved justice for his crime, the priest instead gave him what he needed. The priest displayed one of the most touching acts of grace I've ever seen. What were the repercussions of this grace? Jean Valjean's complete transformation. This beautiful act of grace changed the way Jean Valjean saw himself. The priest's belief in him and acknowledgement of Jean Valjean's inherent infinite worth woke Jean Valjean up to his true divinity and his ability to do good in this world. It transformed him into an honest man. From that moment forward, he vowed to live a life worthy of the grace this priest had so freely and unconditionally given. Grace, amazing grace, is the magical ingredient to genuine, transformative change in behavior. Grace is not something we qualify for or achieve. It is something we receive from God or others. It is something we can give to ourselves despite evidence to the contrary. Grace generously gives what is needed, not what is deserved. And what is needed is always some act of unconditional love. Grace looks upon the heart and sees the divine potential despite what reality looks like at the moment. Grace understands that love wins 
every time. Charity never fails. Shame, as Brene Brown says, corrodes the very part of us that believes we are capable of change. Grace, on the other hand, supports the part of us that believes we are worth it and that we are capable of change. Grace nurtures our divine seeds of greatness, empowering us to get up every time we fall and to keep trying despite repeated mistakes. Grace is the secret weapon to up-leveling. Ultimately, it changes us into a better version of ourselves. If my supervisor at the spaghetti factory would have used grace to motivate me to wear black socks with my uniform, imagine the different outcome. In my moment of embarrassment, instead of answering what was deserved, if my supervisor would have inquired as to what was needed and generously offered some act of love and kindness to a struggling, fatigued, stressed out college student, I guarantee it would have strengthened my commitment and devotion to show up in alignment with the dress code standards from that moment forward. My relationship with her would have been strengthened and I would not have started looking for another job. Offering grace to me in my moment of vulnerability would have shown me that she truly sees me and it would have empowered me to step it up a notch at work. Grace is magical. I am practicing employing grace when I want to change the behavior of others. Although I'm no expert, I truly love it. But it requires me to stop my initial lower brain-driven reaction. I have to slow down so I can truly be intentional about my response. So when my daughter shows up for school with grossly long, dirty fingernails in the same outfit as yesterday, and we can't even recall the last time she showered, by taking a second to act with intention, instead of falling for the autopilot shaming routine, not only are her behaviors changing, but our relationship is becoming stronger. Instead of giving her what she deserves, by asking myself what she needs, I realize she truly needs to know what a beautiful, special, and precious girl she is. I can see that she doesn't fully believe in her innate beauty. It dawns on me that she is always looking up to her beautiful, older teenage sisters. She idolizes them. And... She is always watching others dote on her younger sister, the baby of the family, for how cute she is. I can see this darling daughter might be feeling a bit out of place. This, compounded by being told so many times that her actions are gross, is leading to her beginning to believe that she is gross. Shaming her only cements that false belief, ruins her confidence, and distances her from me. I do not want that. Grace, on the other hand, allows me to yet again have another conversation with her about hygiene. But coming from a place of love, not frustration, these conversations are actually landing. Little by little, she's taking more care with her cleanliness, and I'm witnessing a beautiful transformation. I love Grace. I developed my body love program to teach women how to stop the lies of negative self-talk, shame, and conditional worth, and how to start genuinely, purposefully loving and accepting themselves and their bodies. It is beautiful to see clients switch from using shame to using grace. When long-term changes in habits are required to achieve a goal, transformation is only available if one can learn to utilize grace. 
amazing grace. If my sweet friend who believes shaming herself is the answer to her body size woes would instead apply grace, imagine the outcome. As she sees the dreaded picture, instead of reacting with what is deserved, all the negative self-talk, if she were to use grace intentionally, she would instead say to herself, I love me anyway. She wouldn't make that picture mean anything about her value. From a place of love and acceptance, she will be able to take an honest assessment of her habits around food and then get curious about what is needed. If she determines that she would feel more comfortable, achieve improved health, and better accomplish her missions to this world with a smaller body size, then from grace and love, she will be successful in making the necessary pivots. As she begins to change her habits around the quality, quantity, and timing of her food, there will be days that she nails it, and there will be days where she slips into old patterns. If she meets each mess up with grace, she will avoid the self-sabotage associated with shame and alternatively land squarely in the place of growth. Grace understands that mistakes aren't negative. They are necessary and part of the process. Grace, both from God and herself, empowers her to get better with each attempt and continue practicing until she genuinely transforms. When I was at my low, the grace of God truly saved me. I felt Christ's belief in me when I had not one ounce of self-belief left. Feeling the love of Christ and my heavenly parents, despite what I looked like or how bad I was messing up my life, allowed me to get back up and try again. Through miracles and a divinely orchestrated sequence of events, I found cognitive behavioral therapy and life coaching. I am fascinated by the brain and the power of our thoughts. I became absolutely empowered as I figured out the power and privilege that belongs to me and every single human being on this planet to choose thoughts on purpose and therefore dictate the results of our life. Now I am driven to enlighten, liberate, heal, inspire, and empower others to live with a mind firmly aligned, a body purposefully loved, and a spirit powerfully accessed so that they might own their own divine greatness. The key to transformative change is utilizing the amazing magic of grace. Remember, as we know from the universal truth of CTFAR, thoughts create feelings. And because we have agency to choose our thoughts, we can therefore decide the feelings we want fueling our life. Grace is one of the top five emotions I strive to live by. Thoughts that generate the feeling of grace for me and for others include any version of I am awesome and I am a mess and I love me anyway. She is amazing and she is also human and I love her anyway. He is great and he is also figuring it out and I love him anyway. We are all messy humans muddling through life and I love us anyway. What does he need? She is doing the best she can with what she has and I love her anyway. He is on his own journey and I love him anyway. What do I need? What would unconditional love do? How can love show up in this situation? How can I help? I love me anyway. Thoughts I've received from God allowing me to feel their grace includes 
Be strong and of good courage, for I am with you. You are mine, and I don't make mistakes. I love you. Nothing has gone wrong. Try again. I see you. I love you. I am with you. All things are possible to those who believe. I believe in you. You are precious and you are mine. You have a work to do, arise and shine. And of course, my very favorite, you are designed for greatness. As Sherry Dew says, God wants nothing more for us than to become as he is and to live where he lives. Well, that is going to require a lot of change. Some major transformations, right? Grace is the key. Shame is Satan's tool, used to devastate and destroy. Grace is God's tool, used to build and empower. My challenge for you is this. Don't fall for thoughts that land you in shame. Eliminate the negative self-talk. It doesn't serve you and it is completely optional. Do your very best to avoid shaming others. Instead, choose amazing, magical grace. Slow it all down. Think about what you're thinking about. You have the power to choose. So, what thoughts are you hearkening to? You also have the power to fully partake of the grace of God if you simply pray and ask for help. Knock. He freely, lovingly, generously gives, whether or not we deserve it, to all who ask with sincere hearts. Christ knows better than anyone what you need. He experienced all of it firsthand. If you truly desire to change, ask to feel His love and receive His grace in order to truly transform. And don't forget to give yourself grace also, every step of the way. The Trifecta Transformation System I teach is the cycle we go through in order to level up in the direction of becoming more like our divine self and like our Savior Jesus Christ. The very first step is awareness. Ask yourself these powerful questions to gain awareness about how much you utilize grace. How often do I feel God's grace at work in my life? Am I generous with myself? Do I show myself loving grace, especially when I deserve it the least? Do I offer grace to others without expecting anything in return? Friends, we aren't meant to navigate this journey of life alone. Together we rise. My hope and prayer is that we can be like the priest that changed the course of Jean Valjean's life that we might extend grace to our brothers and sisters through unconditional acts of love by letting go of what's deserved and generously giving what is needed. When we remember and fully own the fact that we are designed for greatness, that we are all children of God in the process of becoming more and more like Him, it becomes so much easier to feel God's grace for us and to give ourselves and others the grace we so desperately require in order to bust out of ruts and continually grow. If you'd like more help in utilizing grace to achieve your goals, come work with me. My Body Love program is a three-month deep dive into becoming the boss of your brain so that you might operate every day from a place where your mind is firmly aligned, your body is purposefully loved, and your spirit is powerfully accessed. I teach and show my clients how to utilize grace, then assist them in the process of ditching shame for amazing grace. 
I give my clients proven strategies and powerful tools that result in their landing consistently in grace. And this is one of the main reasons why my programs are so transformative. Amazing grace is for everyone. We are all designed for greatness. If this podcast resonates with you, I invite you to sign up for my free tutorial. Is your brain keeping you fat? Three lower brain shenanigans to watch for and reject in order to realize your body size goals. Our mind is the battlefield. This video will serve to wake you up to the power you possess to win. I will give you three common ways the default wiring of our human brain trips us up. Listen, you are most likely unaware of these shenanigans and naively falling for subtle but destructive tactics of the lower brain that, left unaddressed, will result in self-sabotage every time. I will start you on the path to intentionally rewire your brain and help you take back your power to consciously determine who wins the battle for your thoughts. You are designed for greatness, and in order to do the great things you were sent on this earth to do, it is critical you become the boss of your brain and firmly purposefully align your thoughts with light and truth. I can't wait to show you how. Click on the link in the show notes or go to my website, candacenoss.com to get it. And remember, you are designed for greatness.